Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David McDerris, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. Right, I know we've been we've been gone for a long time. <laughs> we've been gone for a real long time. We've been doing a lot of a lot of moving. We we actually moved our podcast. Uh, I don't know. Did you have you seen that yet? I, no, yeah, actually, I know you saw yeah. it. So we moved our podcast site to a much more friendly area. Um, makes our it'll make our syndication a lot a lot more friendly to other sites we're working on that to to make our podcast a little easier to get to that sort of thing also we've got um we actually moved out of the one area where we were recording so hopefully we've (laughs) we've decided to train some of the we've decided to trade some of the background noise of the train with the background noise of the coffee pot so we're coming to you from the from the uh kitchen break room here at Missouri Wind. So we'll be bugging some people as they come in trying to raid the coffee pot. <laughs> We've, um, we want to continue our series. Oh, the other thing I want to remember is hopefully, hopefully I'll get this edited before, before the end. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make a big plug. We've got our second um, workshop coming up yeah. in July. Yeah, in July. And our our first workshop was a shockingly good success. Uh, we had we had a full complement of folks came in. We had a, we kept that workshop small. There's there was 15 seats available. We, we had a total sellout of uh, seats. And uh, I, I gotta say, I don't know what you what do you think? I it think was, the, it was great. I think, but I think the the high spot of the event was probably. The, the wind tunnel. Oh yeah, everybody <laughs> likes the wind tunnel. Wind tunnel was fun. I think I think everybody was looking forward to, to going out and seeing that. But but we had a great I think we had a great time. I think a lot of people. I was I was trying to stay on the periphery of the class, just trying to learn some more, and I think everybody who attended really walked away with a lot more uh, understanding of of how how to better their um, alternative energy. Uh, yeah. set up in their own homes yeah. and, and what they want to do that sort of thing so that is uh july 27th 20, july 27th yes and uh if you if you haven't signed up yet or 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 are still thinking about it you can go to uh the uh any of our any of our sites it'll direct you over to it's an it's a, actually on eventbrite is where you can go to that and search for us there on eventbrite.com uh, it's on our Facebook page too. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. So sign up and head over to that. Uh, and if you can't find it anywhere, you can always email us at radio at mwans dot com, and we'll we'll shoot you a link over to that. So, yeah. so we wanted to talk today. Uh, I know this goes back a little bit to where we started, of working our way through. Uh, in this case. So we'll find out if the train is in the background out there. It's going by right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe we get train and and coffee goers. Um, 
but we were, we wanted to work our way through um, the wind turbine. Yeah. And our last episode, uh, I was quizzing you on. We got into pretty good in depth about blades mm-hmm. and how they contributing the process. So what I wanted to take you through today, David, and quiz you on um, is really, I mean, it's really a huge component. So we'll probably break this into maybe two separate podcasts is the behind the blades, which is obviously the, the motor, right? but the there's so much, so much to that, that we probably need to break that up into we're going to call it the exterior and interior of the motor. Yeah. And, um, and actually, so let's go from, you know, let's go from the blades to our hub and our shaft and the exterior of our motor. And then, then in our next podcast, then we'll get into the interior, um, which is going to include the, um, the stator, the stator and the rotor, rotor and that type of thing. We'll talk more about that. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the uh, the significance of the the hub because the next component behind the blades, the blades are going to be yeah. attached. Going to be attached to the hub. To the hub, right? And the hub's going to be attached to the shaft. The shaft. And then and then we're going to skip on to right um, the overall exterior of the motor. So. Tell me, oh great knowledge. <laughs> so the what hub. Are we, what uh, are we looking of? What are we looking for in a hub? We're looking for uh, we're looking for strength. Uh, uh, we're looking for spacing, balance. Uh, you know, so we do all the components like we talked about with the blades, as far as making sure they're well balanced. How we how we do that here? How we uh, are very very specific on blade weights uh, to make sure that blade stays balanced. We're all the same way in our hubs. Uh, our hubs, the spacing on our hubs, uh, the spacing on your on your blades must be uh, equal. Uh, if not, there again, you start over. You start overweighing one side of the hub. Uh, now you don't get true. You get out of balance again. So we have all of our hubs. Uh, we've designed them all, uh, and we have them laser cut. Uh, these are not just something that's getting drilled out. These are a laser cut on a CNC machine. They cut all the holes for the blades, uh, the, the shaft hole, so it's going to be, I mean, within micrometers of just just, uh, just millimeters. I mean, actually not millimeters, I mean less than millimeters uh, you know, of tolerance. I mean, so they run that through a very strict process. Uh, they, they test all the hubs before they come in to make sure that they're, you know, properly balanced and... <clears throat> And properly uh, electroplated, we, we send them on from our manufacturer. We'll send them on over to a uh, to get them a, uh, zinc plated uh, at a at a local shop, and they'll get zinc plated here. Uh, and that's something that we find very important. We don't want a, a rusty. We're very proud of what we sell, and so we don't want something. Uh, we want the the customer to be proud of it as well. And, and if you have a bunch of rust ridden piece of metal up on the on the tower it doesn't look good so we we do everything we can to to dissuade that so let me ask you this our our blades are a carbon fiber blend mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we uh, I, I 
attach the the blade to the hub are we are we recommending you use a torque wrench so that you don't yeah. over over yeah. we'll, torque those or how yeah. we want what's you the, to, we want you to torque them down there'll be specifications different blades are different specifications and i won't list them all they will be in the manuals of what you're supposed to uh, the falcon blade will have a different torque rating than the than the carbon fiber blade and so on and so forth what we don't want you to do is we don't want you to to structurally we do not want you to damage the structural integrity of the blade by over tightening the blade right which would cause it to try to pull back into the into the carbon fiber uh, which could displace uh, some of the carbon fiber away uh, that would actually cause a little bit of distortion in the blade and that's uh, we don't want it to see that so we do have we put it on uh, we've put on every blade we've put torque values of what the blade should be torqued to how i mean how important is that it's very important it's very important uh, it's a very important step uh, anything over if you over torque a blade too much and and you're pulling the head of that bolt down through it you could cause cracking in the you could actually cause a crack to form you know so you really i mean this isn't just go get your socket and go no, out there and no this is not just go down. get your socket wrench and say okay it's tight enough or oh you know i need a little tighter you know you need to go purchase a torque wrench or borrow one from whatever you need to do you need to get a torque wrench uh, and it needs to be of, uh, of a decent quality so you know that you're putting uh, you know just like anything uh, if we're putting torque values there was a reason that we deemed it was necessary to have a torque value you know certain things or uh, you know like when we're putting our tail fins together there might not be a torque value on those it's just two pieces of steel coming together. Right, 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 right. But on a blade, I mean, this thing is going to be moving at, you know, in excess sometimes yeah. over 1,000 RPMs, you know, so. <laughs> Once we've got the the blades on the hub. Right. And, and on that, real quick, there is a specific way the blades have to go on the hub. Uh, there will be directions to follow uh, that will tell you the, the proper way to attach the blades to the hub. That is a very important part of it as well, because if you do not do it the correct way, it's not going to work correctly. I mean, so make sure you're doing that as well. All right, go, so go slow on this part because I want to go somewhere with this. So we got the blades, we got the hub, and then we've got the, the hub stabilizer. Hub spacer stabilizer. Hub spacer stabilizer. Okay. One of the things I remember us talking about in one of our podcasts is is the hub spacer stabilizer part of the hub or is it part of the shaft? It's actually its own unit. It comes with the PMG, so it comes with the, the shaft, right? But it's not attached in any way, shape, or form to either one. Okay, because here's my question. Because I remember us talking in um, in one of our one of our podcasts. We we're talking about changing your blade count, right? And the easiest thing to do would be to have a second hub. Like, like out in right. our garage here at, at Missouri Wind, we've got, I mean, there's probably at least five different hubs out with different... Yeah, maybe more. <laughs> yeah, at least. If, if, you, if you have a lot of wind, say, you know, March to September, and then from September to March, you have a different wind pattern, then you can just pop that, that hub off, have your other hub... So is that hub stabilizer part of it? What side of the what side of the? It's it's on the back side of the of the hub, uh, and there, 
the way we have them designed now on the PMGs, I'm talking about our Freedom Series, there is a there is three holes in each hub, and there's a keyway cut in the hub. And also in the spacer stabilizer, there's a keyway, and there's also th there's three threaded bolts patterns in the actual hub spacer stabilizer. And that actually attaches to the, to the hub. You will actually bolt that to the hub. Okay. So if you wanted to change your blade set, you would have to unbolt that away from the, the hub that you had on and then put it on the new hub that you were installing. Okay. And that, and that again, just kind of going back to that, I mean, that's a great way of having, of always maximizing oh, your... Oh, maximizing your wind potential. Your, your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because what, what would you do here in Missouri? I would do five blade for... Uh, from February, late February, and through uh, and through the middle to end of June, I would have a G5 five blade uh, on on our Freedom Two series. And then you'd swap it out to. And then I would swap it out to a uh, probably if I if, especially if I'm living uh, off grid, I would slip it up to a an 11 blade hub set, the G4, uh, because it's going to catch that minor minor winds and as we know in the summer times we get a lot of minor wind so it's that significant you're going from a five to an 11 mm -hmm. wow yeah yeah and the g5 five blade is it's good to about nine you know after nine you're below nine you're kind of limiting yourself really 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 bad so there again if i'm off gridding uh, i'm definitely wanting to capture you know some of that light wind and the summertime breezes uh, you just don't Typically, unless there's a storm moving through or something, you don't have heavy winds. Uh, and then I change back out. Come about the first of September, you, you'll start feel the the uh, fall winds begin to blow, and uh, and I would probably have that up. You know, that's about the only time I would change here in Southwest Missouri would be actually in the uh, in the actual summer months in that in that dead of the, what I call the dog days of summer. Okay, you know? and the bottom line is you're going to need to take. Or, or uh, your your turbine down anyway. You yeah. need to take it down yeah. for maintenance, just yeah. to, to PM it to make sure everything is good to go. While you got it down, and and we're talking um, swapping your blades out. I mean, if you, uh, I would I would say you probably need to have a second set of blades, even though you could take the blades off of yeah. one. Yeah. But but. It'd yeah, the G five and G four, yeah, are just total different blades, so you could you can't swap yeah, anything it, there. But. but it'd be better if you had a different set of blades for each one of them. But we're talking what are what are our blades right now, price wise? About twenty four dollars on a on a G four. Okay. G five is about thirty two. So you're in the and the hub is typically hub's gonna be around twenty. Okay. So if you're if you're buying an extra five blade for Less than two hundred bucks. Yeah, you're you're swapping that out, and what would you say your your production potential change is? Oh, it's 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 twenty percent. Yeah, it's a very substantial uh, number. I mean, it really is. You know, it's uh, uh, you know, we talked about that in the last series about the blade. You know how how substantial and and to what and to what end you're using it. You know, if you're living off grid where the minor winds are. are very important to you than you know picking up whatever whatever you right, can pick <clears throat> picking it all up 
you know, but if I'm, I'm grid tying and I'm trying to offset that electric bill and I'm not worried about those minor winds, I'm worried about those winds that are nine miles and, and above, and I'm in a different series, you know, I'm just a different series of blades. So, and we take that into consideration of anybody that calls, uh, you know, so if you ever have a question, you know, I just don't, I just don't know which blade I need. Let us make that, help you to make that decision. Call us. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about it and, and figure out what your goals are. And then we'll design, we'll, we'll tell you the blades that we think is right for your situation. Okay. All right. Do we need to go anything about past? The, so what, I guess we, I guess what we didn't talk about is what is that, what is that hub space stabilizer? So do? what it does, what it does is it keeps the, uh, it keeps the, the hub away from the actual exterior of the unit. Uh, it gives it the spacing that it is required uh, to stay away from the, the front part of the unit, to keep the bolts, the nuts, everything away from the front part of the unit. Not only does it do that, uh, you heard me talk about the key way earlier. It's actually got a, a key slot cut in it, a square, cut, a, a square stock key that's cut into the shaft. So it keeps the... It keeps the blade spaced away from yes yeah keeps the hub and the blade which is going to be you know one unit after you've bolted them together it keeps that away from the from the front housing of the pmg okay uh, given the space and there again it's got the it's got the square stock key cut in in it as well it keeps uh, that allows it to make sure that they're minimize any type of spinning on the shaft you know there's no there's no way it can spin on the shaft because it will you know, it's got a actual key stock that, that is ground into it uh, so it makes it a really uh, something that we really worked on numerous times through the years uh, making sure we have it designed to the best to the best of our engineering abilities and, and okay we believe that's what it is right now so. all right so we will we will skip over the shaft we'll do the shaft yeah part of the that's part of the part rotor. Of, part of the rotor, part of the, We'll come back to that in the next podcast. Um, but let's go, let's move on to the case. Now, in the podcast that we we just published previously, we kind of had a break uh, where we announced our new sealed motor. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of just talks about the overall uh, design for the exterior of the motors and what what that all entails. So... I guess the, the, a good way to talk about this would be to kind of compare our sealed motor versus our non-sealed motor. Yeah. Yes. What's the... So our sealed motor is it just, like, just like it sounds. I mean, it's a total sealed unit. You know, it's got, uh, it's a, uh, a cast uh, aluminum that is totally, totally sealed unit. Uh, even uh, it uses, it uses a different hub spacer stabilizer than the freedom one and freedom two series do and it has to do that because it is a sealed unit we have to bring it back in and, and it has to actually close up everything and uh, so that's what that's what it's doing so the, the freedom series the freedom one and freedom two they're they're an open front pmg and open rear uh, and that's why they're we use those in our hydro application because on those we have to be able to push air back across the so that's the that's i think the big question that i want to ask you here so heat on these yes 
what keeps the and we know heat's always the enemy, right? I mean, always in electricity. What's the how is the sealed motor dealing with heat? We do it through fans, uh, cooling fans that are that are placed on the unit itself. Uh, there again, that's another reason we use aluminum housings versus using a steel housing. Uh, aluminum housing, as as anybody would typically know, uh, it's a great conductor of heat, but it's a great dissipator of heat as well. I mean, it can take heat in and dissipate it at an extremely fast rate. Uh, so where steel retains heat and can hold heat for, a, a, you know, and there again, the more heat I have, the less electricity I'm going to produce. Yeah, that's why you have a steel cooking right. utensils and right. not a whole lot of aluminum. That's right. <laughs> right our our sealed motor has certain environments that it performs yes optimally in yes and then our un our, our open motors yeah. have similarly right yes uh the sealed motor uh you know although they can be used anywhere they were they were designed for uh when we had the marine environment in mind as we designed that, and we also had uh, the southwest desert type situations. Uh, and the desert, uh, of course, is as far from marine as you can get. Right. <laughs> but it was to do with sand. It was to do with sand and corrosion uh, and the corrosiveness of sand. Uh, as many of our podcast listeners are aware of, sandblasting, and you get in southwest Arizona, uh, places where there's a lot of sand, it has the same effect. Uh, and so uh, something we'll get into later in, it, in the next podcast will be the, the actual stator itself and how they have a coating on the actual wire. You know, so, when they're, uh, so if sand gets in and damages those coatings, it can actually have an adverse effect on the actual production of the PMG as well. So let's talk about coatings too. So sealed motor. No coating. No coating. No coating. Don't want any coating. No, because if we coat a sealed motor, we can actually retain heat. And know. that goes for even painting it. Right. You want to, right. And, we and don't, coating is, we do not coating want is coating. We coating, want yeah. Paint is actually worse than, than even just a varnish, you know, because uh, paint will actually absorb heat into it, you know, or varnish does not, you know, it's going to, at least it's clear, you know, but either way you're you're trapping heat you're not allowing it to uh, because uh, many of our listeners here will have had a baked potato that's in aluminum foil and you touch the aluminum foil and the baked potato is touching on the other side it's hot it's very extremely hot i mean it just came out of the oven pull the aluminum foil away for just moments seconds aluminum foil is fine and aluminum foil is no heat you know so it's the same way it's not that the aluminum is holding the heat. It's the varnish now that's holding the heat. Uh, so it gets hot and it retains that heat. And now, <clears throat> since it can't transfer through fast enough, it's the same thing. It's it's like touching the other side of the aluminum foil with the baked potato inside. So uh, you don't want it to be that ever that hot, but <laughs> it, it can get hot. I mean, because you have a lot of electricity being produced in there. But but then our unsealed motors... Unsealed motors that, that way. Marine varnish them all day, and we, we would we would highly those. recommend that you yes. even do it. We re- we recommend to marine varnish, even 
if you're just in a in the normal. Well, it's it's, it's 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 what, just a protection. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to prolong the life, and yeah. and I forget what we charge for it. Is it? It's fifty dollars. Is, is you know we coded here uh, at the at the facility sent out to you. I mean, it's it's well worth its money. Uh, you know, uh, and a person can do it uh, at home. Definitely get with us to for us to recommend that marine varnish. The time you buy it, you're going to pay more than fifty dollars. Probably you get it delivered most of the time. So it's just that's why we offer it here. So, uh, but it is highly recommended that you do it uh, if you're going to be within 150 miles of any coastline uh, and you want to use our Freedom series, Freedom One or Freedom Two series. Uh, matter of fact, it it must be done, uh, or it, you will find corrosion on the unit itself uh, and I know people think 150 miles is a long way but not not in salt there it's yeah. not, you know. and again it's imperative that you especially if you're in that zone that you take it down and you check yes. it out yeah I mean, yeah this isn't a, a one and done deal you know uh, just because I've told you that the marine varnish this is in your if you're in a salt environment you know the corrosiveness of your of your environment. Yeah, you you leave one of your chairs sitting out yes. there for a season and, yes. and it, it's gone. It just corrodes <laughs> everything. So, the PMG we would recommend every six months that you are recoding that PMG, uh, recoding that stator uh, inside or spraying it as, as much as you possibly can. Uh, you know, so that is a highly recommended deal. And and you've spent most people have spent quite a quite a sum of money to get this all installed with a little bit of preventive maintenance you can really extend the life of your unit and we're we're not gonna sugarcoat this is a this is a very uh high speed moving machine that uh if it's not properly maintained can hurt someone because you know you need and, and now if you're introducing rust and all these other things that can right. come in that environment, you got to pull it down, take a look at it. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, you well, some uh, some people would. You wouldn't drive a car for. <laughs> <laughs> you won't drive it without oil very long. I <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> uh, you know, and and so this isn't even like changing the oil. This is like putting oil in the car that has no oil. I mean, right. uh, you know, it's not even. I won't even equivalent it to changing the oil because it's not. I mean, it's it's putting oil in something that just didn't have oil in it you know uh, if you want it to keep going you've got to put oil in it so uh, it's more like your air tools would be you don't put air in your oil in your air tools eventually they're going to seize up on you you yeah. know and and a lot of people don't realize that but it's the same same principle so. what else have we got on the you know on the uh, uh I, I kind of touched on the hydro part of it you know we do not recommend the Freedom 3 series, which is our sealed unit. Which is a sealed motor. Uh, to be used in a hydro application. Uh, you can't get enough cooling across the unit in that situation. Uh, so we do not recommend it. If you want to do a, a, a hydro unit, use our Freedom 1 or our Freedom 2 series. Uh, if you just want the 1600 watt, it be the Freedom 1. Freedom 2 is the 2000. You can put the fans on the front of those to keep them cool enough, uh, and and in that and in that, this kind of is going to lead over into the next one. Uh, there is a certain you only want to use the 12 volt PMG uh, to do such. Uh, 
reason being is you're going to there again it's going to create more heat than if it was on a tower application uh, wind turbine application uh, it will cause more heat than that and let's let's be specific about it so if we're if we're talking about and again we're, we're we, you and i we're we're prone to get off topic mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're talking about heat on the case is that there's not anything magical about the the sealed motor versus the right. the motors that are not sealed it's just that you in a typical in a hydro environment you're you're not up in the air where right. there's a lot of air circulating around it taking that heat away right correct I mean, that's, that's that's exactly the, that's yeah, the there's, line. there's no magic you know there's no magic here it's just all a matter of it's just all a matter of if you're on a wind turbine application and the wind's blowing 10 mile an hour, it's blowing directly through the case on that open front case. It's blowing through the case. Taking the heat away. And taking the heat away. And if it's on the sealed unit, it's still it's still the, the potato effect again, the hot potato effect on the aluminum foil. It's taking that hot air and moving, removing it away as quickly as possible from that unit. You know, so but there's if a you, little- if you bring that unit down, I mean, we got a 65 foot tower back here behind us. Right. If you bring that down to a foot above the ground, which you're going to be, you know, somewhere around that if you're going to try to put it on a uh, on a stream or something where water's right. coming out of it. Yeah. You're not going to have that air circulating yeah, and, around it. And there's a possibility on a lot of the hydros, uh, they are built uh, in a capacity where there's no air that, that reaches them. I mean, either by being built in a little shack, you know, a little... Uh, what we call a production house, you know, where they have all their equipment in there because they don't want it sitting out in the, in the elements, you know, so there's no wind at all that gets to this. So the only, the only wind that will be made will be through a, uh, through a fan that's placed on the front of a a fan and pulley system that's placed on the front, you know? So I definitely, uh, I definitely do not recommend the freedom three series, uh, when doing a hydro, uh, use our, use our other unit, that that were designed that way. So again, it's heat. Heat is heat's killer. Heat, heat's the enemy, yep. and uh, not anything more. Yep. You know, scientific than that. No, it's <laughs> it's just, just you know, heat, uh, you know. There's a reason your house is wired in the way that it, that it is. You know, with certain size wiring, uh, and it's to keep the heat down in the wiring. That's that's the only reason it's it's done that way. You, know, you use a 12-2 on a 20-amp service, and you use a 30-amp uh, service, you just use a 10. Uh, well, if I use a 12-gauge in a 30-amp in a service, the wire is going to overheat. and Burn your house down. You'll burn your house down. <laughs> that's exactly right. I've seen, I've seen as such that that was the cause of the of fire. You know, and, and it will, and it's in the same thing in our PMGs. They're not going to catch fire, but they're going to produce at, at a, the faster the RPM, the more voltage and amperage you're going to produce, right? And so when you do that, uh, if you're not wired correctly, uh, you will cause backup of heat, and that heat will then be in that case that we've been talking about. And and the the only way you can get rid of the heat is by either a fan on it or or on the blade system, which is the sub. Our blades are just the biggest fan that we have is really what it is. I mean, that's just a big blade system, you know, but it also is what's, what's you know, turning the actual unit. So, uh, okay. Where else do we need to go? You know, the, that's about it on the casing. It's, uh, it's just really, uh, uh, 
just remember what we said. Don't use the Freedom 3 where it was not designed to be used. It can be used anywhere. Do not coat the Freedom 3. Uh, I recommend coating the Freedom 1 and 2 at any application that you want to use it in. Uh, and then uh, if you have any questions on any of those things, make sure you call one of our sales team. Okay. Uh, Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's Doggy Chicken Treats coming. Thanks again.